1: The great teacher of the now, Eckhart Tolle, expresses it beautifully. Life will give you whatever experience is most helpful for the evolution of your consciousness. How do you know this is the experience you need? Because this is the experience you are having at the moment. What if we stopped judging what presents itself in our lives and paid greater attention to the reason it was there? What if we took full responsibility for it and no longer felt like a victim of circumstance? How would your life journey change course and lead you in the direction of your awakened self? These are the questions you should ask yourself, especially when your journey has you lost in a forest of debris. The guidance you seek is just a small step in the direction of you. It almost sounds too simple to be true. Yet, you are the gold you have been seeking after. The Nowist Valeria interviews Billy Mandarino. He is the author of The Nowist, finding the signs to your ultimate desires in no time. Billy is also a speaker and Nowist, teaching people to become more aware of the gifts in the present moment. His hit book, The Nowist, is full of wisdom from his own journey. The inspiration and truth Billy Mandarino presents in his new book, The Nowist, is a life-changing creation. Billy dives deep into the essence of us all and breaks down present moment living in a very unique way. Meet Billy at billymandarino.com. Here's the interview with Billy Mandarino.
0: In your own words, who is Billy Mandarino?
2: Billy Mandarino is... A being in this physical moment, this time-bound self that is experiencing God-realization. That's my mission. I believe I've come into this life, this beautiful life I'm so grateful for with my beautiful family. I come from six brothers and sisters and beautiful father and a mother. And I'm just so blessed to be in this expression. The now, though, found me in so many different ways throughout life, but it through trauma, through stress, through overwhelm, anxiety pressure it's it's brought me into the present moment as a way of life and that's what being a nowist is is living in this present moment awareness without goals and attachments to outcomes and people's opinions and just living in this precious present moment and that's i guess you want to sum up me as a person as a being in this time-bound body and and self it's that i love i love this concept of the now of the present moment and living that way is what a nowist is
0: The other question that comes to me, which you have written a book about this, and it's a rich book with lots of content within the backstory that holds the backstory for what you just um, described. So the book's title, The Nowist, Finding the Signs to Your Ultimate Desires in No Time. That really resonated, the no time. As I said, off record, Billy, something in me never really let's say, attached to the idea of time. And I always noticed that there's something in me that was very much aware of that. It would engage with it, of course, because I wouldn't be here. I was not here on time, as you know, but um, I'm still here. And it, it is within that idea of time. But there's something else. So talk to me for a moment about how did you come to this understanding that you are this infinite being, this Pure
2: presence, really. Well, I was raised Mormon. Um, I've I've been raised in spiritual practices and religions all my life. I mean, my mother and father, um, had we had six kids in our family, and I love my mom and dad so much. But they had a a pretty violent divorce. And at seven years old, I had to sit on a stand and pick which parent I was going to live with. Look at my father with his lawyer, my mother with her lawyer. And the trauma of that, even though you know, as a more young Mormon child, I was giving my testimony at that same stand in front of you know the parishioners or the churchgoers, and I remember making a correlation between that moment and feeling nervous as a young boy talking about God and talking about my relationship with Jesus. And then being at seven years old on a similar stand in so much stress and overwhelm and anxiety, looking at the eyes of my father, the eyes of my mother and having to choose which one I was going to live with. And there's six of us. So all six of us had to do this, minus my little sister, who was quite young and could not do that. But the court chose for her. But I remember thinking in that moment, like, wow, I have nowhere to go. I have this beautiful family but the stress was so much i didn't know it at the at the moment but my teachings would go to my my teachings in the spiritual world would become a part of me unlike a religious text in a bible and a book um, it became part of me. So from that moment on, I became a devout Christian. I just read the Bible. I remember to cover a couple of times and just searching for comfort in the spirit world because I knew that was the power that was going to help me through this anxiety. And so fast forward, you know, quite a few years. Other traumas, as we all go through, Valeria, we go through traumas, we go through overwhelm. But I found that the present moment was the place for me where I could connect to the infinite oneness, the divine source, in a consistent manner by getting out of time. because as a seven year old boy, I looked back and was sad, looked forward and was sad. But as you know, as an evolved being in the present moment, you realize that this timeless moment is the only place you have power. So trauma, stress, overwhelm, anxiety after the past three years, the planet has felt more negativity and fear and overwhelm than I believe it ever has felt collectively in the history of this blue marble we all live on. And so finding the present moment as a way of life, finding it as the source and connecting to it consistently became my relationship with the present moment that I, you know, that this book came through me. It didn't come here for me. It's a teaching that came through me to share, but I find it that is the most important way of life because overwhelmed stress and anxiety is what takes us into time and out of our highest self, out of the best expression of our spirit. And that's why I'm so inspired to teach this, the Nowist principles. We have live events, coaching events, seminars, online courses, the book, of course, the podcast, it's all about encouraging people to find this and make this a way of life, not a religion, not like the past religions that I've studied, but just it's a literal expression consistently in the present moment. I find most people, Valeria, live in this 9 to 10 ratio, but now it's 90% of the time I find myself in present moment awareness. The 10% when I get stressed and overwhelmed or focused on outcomes, I just correct quickly. But most people live in the inversion of that. They live you know, 10% in meditation or prayer on Sunday, or they go to an ashram or a meditation class or, right. or yoga. But then 90% of the time they're in the physical world. The inversion is where you need to live. The just mm. of that.
0: In a way, making life itself a meditation isn't an active meditation. Or how I, I actually like also the idea that we um, spiritualizing the mind in the body. That's what's happening. And what is interesting to notice is that this presence that you speak of, the present moment, is something that has to be practiced. And that's a contradiction, isn't it? Because it's basically who we are. It's uh, essentially who we are.
2: Well, we are a contradiction, aren't we? And and we're this physical, time-bound being having a spiritual experience, you know, and most people... It's a temporary physical experience, but we're infinite beings that, that never die and never are destroyed. We just transform into different higher levels of you know, vibration and light and back to our source. But we get so caught up in the physical part of this being. We think that, oh, we're this temporary spiritual experience that we have every once in a while. But the physical is so overwhelmingly powerful. The gravity of our bodies and the gravities of our problems and of our mind take us out of our presence but once again that inversion you need to practice presence into your life as a way of life not just through a meditation or a prayer or a yogic experience or whatever it might be it has to become a way of life because then you build up what i call spiritual immunity in your system not this physical immunity we have of course going through viruses and pandemics you we have this physical immunity that we're so focused on vitamin c and d and right and breathing and exercising. But the spiritual immunity, what I found through the stresses of the world, emotional, traumatical stresses that happen through experiences and this emotion of the body, which is these hormonal, emotional experiences that we have, the spiritual immunity is how you offset that, how you become, you know, empowered to create this life that is here to be of service to others. I believe that's our mission. That's all of our dharma is to be of service to other people. So you can't be of service when you're so stressed out and overwhelmed and caught up in physical time. Yeah. You have to detach from that.
0: Yes, that is so true. That's one of the questions that I often ask. What's the purpose of life? And if there is one purpose, what would that be? And I get that answer over and over again to help others to be a service. And of course, I hear love, too, that comes up. But that is the same thing. Once we find love, then we just uh, kind of share that love.
2: I'm sure you've read A Course in Miracles, Valeria. I just love the passage in there that says, you know, our purpose is to learn to think like God thinks.
0: Mm, yeah. like imagine yeah.
2: if we use our yeah. mind to think like the divine creator of the universe, of all infinite oneness. I mean, if we could learn to think like that, wow, there's there's a great purpose.
0: <laughs> yes, that is true. And, and it's interesting to think about the sense of purpose, or the idea of purpose from a, a different perspective, perhaps the mind's perspective, doing something out of devotion, which is great, but not a devotion to something that is outside of us. That's what I often see with people in my family who are devoted to in a religious way. So they believe that God is out there and they're doing this for God. But then the way I like to uh, see or perceive is that everything is God. There's nothing that is not God.
2: Amen. If we want to talk about the most published book in the world, the Bible in Exodus, you know, when Moses is at the burning bush, he's told the name of God and the name of God is I am that I am. When you look at that and you realize that we are all God, the God told us that we are one with God. The I am presence, the I am that I am. You point to whoever you're pointing to is the that and the I am is repeated because it is the one with God. It's You are altogether God and God is altogether you.
0: It seems to me that that's the ultimate message to uh, not really to understand, but to be realized and experienced. But True. I wonder why it doesn't happen perhaps in this lifetime, it won't happen for so many of us. What are the obstacles to that, Billy?
2: It, it's time, Valeria. It, yeah. is, time. it <laughs> time is time. again. <laughs> I love Meister Eckhart. Yeah. Es- es- <laughs> you know what Meister Eckhart Meister
0: is? Yes, he yes. He says
2: time is yes, what it's keeps love the light <laughs> from reaching us. There's no greater obstacle to God than time.
0: Right. Uh,
2: Meister Eckhart, I love that quote. Yes. That quote opens my book. Right. Um, right. I'm going to say it again because it's so good in case you're listening. <laughs>
0: I have it here. Yes.
2: Time is what keeps the light from reaching us. There is no greater obstacle to God than time. That is what we need to make part of the DNA of our soul, of our cells, of the cells of our body. If we can get in that relationship with time and not, you know, have the the time be the thing that helps us find God or our purpose. But the infinite part of us, which is timeless. I mean, if we can spend that energy and that light in timelessness, that's when you find God. And there is no separation and there's no time in that. Mm. There's no journey. It's a distance Mm. without journey.
0: A distance without journey. I mean, that makes sense. I would love to hear from you A bit more than that, because so many of us are trying to understand with the mind, intellectually, these things. So what are the other ways that you can explain this in a practical way, per se, that you can describe this timeless beingness? Does it feel like anything? Would joy arise from that spaceless, timeless thing? (laughs) Not even a thing, a no thing,
2: (laughs) Well, happiness, Valeria. Happiness is right. Takes something to create happiness. We need an experience. We need a physical experience usually to create happiness. Joy is derived from the source. I believe joy comes from love, and we are all together. That and there is no. It's only when you separate yourself through time and through thoughts and through thinking of past, future events that happiness, you know, arises or or descends into into zero into nothingness. We get so caught up in trying to be happy through our our doings, right? It sounds corny, you have heard it a hundred times, we're human beings, not human doings, but we get so caught up in the doing and so caught up in goal setting and outcome focus. And I just, I love the great teachers of self-actualization and Abraham Maslow comes to mind because he was always talking about teaching self-actualization to the academic communities. And he says, when you could become independent of the good opinion of other people's and simultaneously detach from outcome, you become self-actualized. It's so tough. We're in this comparison mentality. We care so much about what people think of us. We we attach to outcomes because we want people to think differently of us. We want to accomplish so much. So we, the Joneses, if you will, the other people that are perceiving us have a better opinion of us. So we feel happy but that's so temporal it's so temporary the joy derives only from god realization and from present moment awareness and living in that infinite oneness without duality so i just have so much love and appreciation and practice in living in that space i'm so passionate about it that once again i don't feel motivated to do it i'm inspired to do it
0: that caught my attention, what you're saying about expectations, results, outcomes. So that's, it's very much directly connected with the separation, the feeling of separation. Because in truth, we are not separated from the divine God. We are God from that perspective. But we cannot get the benefits in the way of being God unless we spiritualize the mind, unless it's almost like a trust kind of a dynamic for me, has been. Yes. It's the mind trusting that divine awareness. There's trust happening. Isn't that interesting? Because the mind is very much grounded in survival. So it's very protective of the body and and it's, it's in everything else around and, it. And that's
2: the ego. I mean, right. isn't it? the mind is the ego. The false self, as so many traditions call it, the ego. And I love Dr. Wayne Dyer. I know you've read Dr. Wayne Dyer. He, his acronym I love, and I think it's the best one to represent ego. He said E-G-O, edging God out. It's an acronym for the ego. So when your ego is trying to be something other than God. It's, it's a false self. And so why do we spend so much time in our ego? The ego is ultimately trying to destroy the self, keep the self from shining and, and, beca- and bubbling up within your being. Because it knows that it's going to, it's the death of the ego, the highest self your self actualized being when it's realized the ego disappears and it's the death of the ego so it's fighting all the time to tell you you're not enough you need more of this you compete with the joneses you're separate from what's missing in your life and you have to it's i hate to use the word fight but you've you've got to have practices and ways of living in time-bound world in this time bound world to keep you in the present moment and keep you in that divine light As a way of life and then the craziest part about that is when you live that way you put your attention i believe our imagination is one of the greatest gifts we've been given right you can use the power of your imagination to put your attention and your attention on what it is you want to manifest and bring into your life and when you're clean when you're not focused on outcome and ego-based desires and wants you become a very powerful manifester and you attract abundance in all areas of your life. And it's that's the rub. You know, you think, whoa. You know, we're, we're, I love Lao Tzu in, in the Tao Te Ching. He says, you're not doing anything. You're being done. So to be in that doneness, if you will, that's, that's where the magic happens.
0: There's so much wisdom. I know your book and the words that you um, communicate and the message you're communicating now. It's just so powerful. And then sometimes it only takes one we want to say split second, split moment. Gosh, it's so much in, embedded in our language, right? We almost don't find language for the pure presence that you speak of, a divine presence, because it's not really communicated through
2: language. You're so right. That's a, it's just a pointer. The now, nowist, uh, I love the, the, once again, the Tao Te Ching, the opening word, the opening verse of the Tao Te Ching is the Tao that can be named is not the Tao. So that you can't name it. you can't name God. We just you know it's you can't name it. you can call it anything you want. it wouldn't it's it's not you can't name it. it's it's the t- placeless, timeless, nameless thing.
0: It's freedom itself, isn't it, Billy?
2: It is, and that's why I'm so, I guess, obsessed. You might want to use the word <laughs>
1: yes, with
2: this because it's it's it's, it's who I am. Yeah, There's yeah. the I am again,
1: yes. and
2: when you when you realize that you are altogether God, and God is altogether you, and the I am presence is you're one with that. There's no separation. Wow, you just you have it's a real it's a God realization, and when you can become self actualized. As Abraham Maslow was pointing to the academic community, but then I, uh, God, I love after Dr. Wayne Dyer so much because, you know, he. <laughs> there's a quick story I want to tell you, if yes, I may. Yes, oh, yeah, sure, yes. So Dr. Wayne Dyer is such an influential influential teacher in my life. He's all in the book, The Nowist. He taught me so much, even though I never met him as a as a physical being. He's a soul brother, and he's still with me. He's always with me. But when Abraham Maslow passed away, it was June eighth, nineteen seventy. And at the exact same moment, Dr. Wayne Dyer was becoming a doctor. He was on the stage receiving his diploma. And he felt like the moment Dr. Uh, Abraham Maslow passed away, it was like he passed the baton onto Dr. Wayne. And he was, it was in his mind. He thought, well, Abraham Maslow taught the academic community. And now he's passing the baton onto Dr. Wayne to teach the cab drivers, the hairdressers, the lawyers, the you know the housewives, the 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 dads, the single dads just to, to teach them about self-actualization. And that's what he did until he passed away, August thirtieth, two thousand fifteen. And I feel like he's passed that baton onto me because as he passed away, I feel like I'm picking up this baton, and now I am running with it.
0: Yes. That's, I think it's called transmission. You probably have heard that word too. And and I have felt from some people, it's a lineage of teachings. That's that's so fascinating. So it's so obvious that we never die because that can be felt too. It's so here, it's so present, that energy, it can be felt. Like from you, I can feel it now. And I have interviewed so many people where after the interview, I had nothing else to do or say. It was just this calm, peace.
2: Valerie, I speak to, I'm blessed to speak to a lot of middle schoolers, 12 to 15 year old kids, because they are on the front lines. Stress, overwhelm, anxiety is such a player in their life. And teen suicide has gone up 350% post pandemic. So I find I've spent a lot of energy teaching time with the middle schoolers and high schools of this area where I live. And when I'm in the classroom or when I'm on a Zoom call for their class, I always have simple pointers. And I, you, you talked about one and being one and everybody being one. And there's a simple acronym, N-O-W. What is that spelled backwards? W-O-N.
0: Oh, that's in your book, of course. Yes.
2: Yeah, so when you're in the now, One, you've won your presence back. It's also a homonym, O-N-E, One. It's just a simple little pointer that I, I bring to the youth and I offer it to anybody that's listening. But when you're in the now you've won, your presence is one of the most precious things you have. How often do you spend time in present moment awareness And instead of the doing and the seeking and the the goal setting and the taskmasters that we all become? You have to make the present moment a way of life. And that's truly what being a nowist is. It becomes a practice.
0: Which really kind of uh, after that, it's that trust again. We trust source, God itself, life itself, to just do what it does instead of getting away. the way. I used to not really kind of uh, subscribe to the idea of free will. Something in me would kind of keep insisting that everything it was guided. There's nothing here that was not God. And even if it didn't look like it, it was anyway. So there was a, a judgment of, from the mind, from the ego mind, if there was any judgment and then um, I heard recently, the, kind of that idea. It's, it's kind of becoming more flexible now in a way that seems like there is free will. We can choose to stay within the realm of the ego or move back, return to awareness, to presence. Is this something that you also talk about, teach that movement? And there's also, um, let's say, the evolution of consciousness to get there because not everyone is ready to make that movement.
2: That is God-realization, isn't it? To become self-actualized. God-realization to get out of the seeking mode and to get back into the oneness and and. I mean, God gives the free will exists so that we yeah. may have the expression. Yeah. I believe that we are expressions of God. We are all you know, expressions of the divine oneness, wanting to express and experience itself in us. So we are altogether God and God is altogether us. There's no separation. It's only when you live in that separation that you're lost, that you're stressed, that you're overwhelmed. It's that realization. It's God realization. It's I'm reading this wonderful book called Vasishta's Yoga. I don't know if you've ever read it. Before. No, no. But it's it's, it's the third most. Uh, it's the third longest book ever published, and and I'm 500 pages into this huge book, and and all they're teaching is self actualization, the self, self knowledge, self belief, becoming connected to the self that you, we are all one. There's no seeking. It's it's just. <laughs> It's so, and there's so many pages and so many beautiful teachings, but they're always the theme is the self, why you're not connecting to yourself. There's everything else is folly. Just, when the self is God, that's, that's, there's no separation. There's no need for transformation. It's just a self actualization. And it happens in the instant. It happens every moment that you allow yourself not to live in the duality, but live in the oneness. And that is purely the free will that we're talking about
0: yes so it's not an understanding it's a realization
2: right it is and that's why we're given free will i believe god wants to re- experience the oneness in us but we have the will to come back it's it's that's not an outbound journey it's a journey within it's a journey without distance a distance without journey it's 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 both
0: Yeah, I love that, too. The mind doesn't grasp. It can't understand. And that's why we can't uh, try to understand with the intellectual mind, although it begins that way. Right, Billy?
2: It has to. Right. We have to read scriptures. We have to read deep texts. We have to because, of course, knowledge. I love Einstein. He says, you know, uh, imagination is more important than knowledge yes but knowledge is important but imagination is more important than knowledge why would he say that he says knowledge can take you from a to b but imagination encircles the globe that was a clue from the arguably the most brilliant mind that walked the planet to tell us that imagination was more important than knowledge that's why i feel like your imagination is one of the greatest gifts you've been given because you can put your attention with your imagination on what it is you want to grow into manifest in your life serve become, you know, the highest version of yourself, God realized himself. And that's our mission, I believe. That is our Dharma, all of our mission on this planet. The meaning of life, I believe, is to be of service Mm -hmm. and to serve from your highest self. I
0: love that. Thank you so much for being open to imagining this. I know we are, it, it really feels like this. We are imagining everything. In your book, you say, Imagination Creates Reality. That's, I think, it's a sub-chapter, a theme there. And, and every time I hear the word imagination or kind of read it, it kind of gets me to think about a dream. So it's that I visualize a dream, like sleeping at night and having a dream. So the mind's doing that. Everything is mine. The mind's creating all those those experiences that we think that we are going through.
2: Valerie, have you ever read As a Man Thinketh, the book by James Allen?
0: No, no.
2: My gosh, there's this wonderful poem in there I want to recite to you because I love it. It talks about mind and mind and man. It says, and man being woman, all in one, there's no separation. It says, mind is the master power that molds and makes and man is mind, and evermore he takes the tool of thought and shapes what he wills, brings forth a thousand joys, a thousand ills. He thinks in secret, and it comes to past. Environment is but his looking glass.
0: Mm, yes.
2: James yes. Allen, As a Man Thinketh, I highly recommend that book. It's a teeny little book, but it, it was the very first book that my father, God bless my father, he is the rock of our family, but he got me on this path when I was 13 years old. He gave me that book and it started my self-actualization path of going deeper into what it means to be God-realized, self-actualized, God-realized.
0: Yeah. You see, that says at all, and I have been, of course, exposed to this idea through Advaita Vedanta for a long time now, for long enough. <laughs> it's imagination. This is a dream. So in a way, Bailey, if this is a dream... And there's just the ultimate reality or the only thing that's real is that God reality. There's no nothing separated from it and there, there's nothing but God or God's reality. Then there, it goes back to, is that in Buddhism, where they say there's nothing to worry about. There's uh, Everything is well. Everything is how it's supposed to be. Exactly. There's nothing to fight for. There's nothing to resist, no one to teach, uh, nothing to be realized. And it's just, this is just that dream. But then it's, it goes back to, if we are dreaming, we're having a dream, and then we wake up in the dream, we realize that we're dreaming in the dream, then we will have, let's say, more, I wouldn't say more joy, because joy comes from that realization. So happiness, per se. It won't increase our happiness or anything like that, because we'll still suffer. We'll still go through the motions of that reality, dream reality. We can't do much about it. But something happens because now we know we are dreaming. And that's it's easier to let go of concepts, of everything that we have learned, have heard. And just as you teach as a nowist, just be here and present to what is present without any any agendas, without any expectations, trying to get anywhere. There's nowhere to go anyway. So to me that has been one of the the most clear teachings of all. Oh, for me, one of the clearest teachings and practices, just the practice of le- letting it go, just letting everything go and and being free.
2: You are so right. And I what, I what I love so much, Valeria, is the concept of contentment, being content. How often are you content, Valeria? Very often very often. Yes. That's, and and you're rare because most people that I work with and I run into, or I just family, friends, uh, clients, whatever you have contentment. I just find that contentment is so fleeting because we get so caught up in the seeking mode and we never get to be, we, we just rarely, rarely have these moments where we're just, you know, I don't want for anything. I'm so happy. And, and, and my a quote from my book is, you know, when you have everything you need, you get everything you want and there's the rub it's tough to be content and i just i love the poets i mean william shakespeare i just i love him so much and he and my wife is a brilliant teacher she has a a degree uh, in english but she taught shakespeare in high school for years and i just love this quote about contentment from william shakespeare he says my crown is in my heart not on my head nor decked with diamonds and Indian stones, nor to be seen. My crown is called contentment, a crown it is that seldom kings enjoy. Contentment. If we can become content, and contentment only happens in the present moment because you cannot attach yourself to an outcome, to a past, to a future. When you in this moment can be content, find your contentment. There is where, I mean, your bliss, your peace, your Connection to the divine, the oneness, is in contentment. Find out how to be content and and get out of the seeking mode.
0: I love the word contentment. They're just words, but for some reason, I choose to use inner peace instead. They are the same thing. I would say That's
2: absolutely. That is beautiful. Just like the first verse of the Tao Te Ching, the Tao that can be named is not the Tao. And peace, contentment. It's it, we always the the words are just pointers, aren't they? They're yeah, signs. yeah it's it's a language that we don't even we all speak it's all it's like music it's just this universal language we all get it contentment spirit peace mindfulness whatever word it's, it's more of an experience of energy and light than than a physical uh, tangible thing that we could connect to
0: That's for the conditioned mind and body living in the dream because we can't really disappear in the dream. Talk to me for a moment, Billy, about the cover of your book, the symbol that caught my attention from the get-go when I was exposed to your book. It's a beautiful symbol to look at it, even without knowing because I try not to understand intellectually anything. Mm. Just kind of feel the energies and it's very powerful.
2: So may I ask you, what is it when you look at it for you? I'm just, I've never asked, I've done a, a lot of podcasts, I've never asked an interviewer, what did, when you first saw it, do you remember what your impression was or how it made you feel or what 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 came up for you?
0: Yes, that sense of the inner peace, that was present, inner peace. It, it just arised in the moment, whatever was doing in that moment, it was just there. And it is now, like every time I look at it. I read about it in your book briefly, but I try not to memorize anything too. If comes, if the memory comes now, then it's fine. But I try not to remember and kind of use memory too much.
2: You're being a nowist. You're so present. You're so unconditioned. I love that. that that's how we approach this conversation today. And well, that is the nowa symbol. The cover of the book is the nowa symbol, and that symbol is a technology, if you will. It's you know, it's spiritual. It's a Symbol that found me, I did not find it. Yes. It was a series of synchronicities. And I know you know what synchronicities are.
0: Yes. yes.
2: And for those that don't know what synchronicities are, synchronicity, the word was coined by Carl Jung. Um, and it, it's, it's a, it means an a causal, a random occurrence that you think is just a happenstance or an accident. Actually, is the divine universe conspiring to serve you through the, I've learned these are called spiritual breadcrumbs or synchronicities. These things show up in your life. But you have to pay attention. And for me, I had what's called a Satori, which is a a flash of enlightenment years ago. And to not get too long into this long winded story, I just want to tell you, basically, I came home to our apartment and the carpet where we lived. I walked on this carpet for probably 11, 12 years. (laughs) And this carpet was that symbol. That symbol was already fleshed out in this carpet. But I just had a Satori that day earlier. And when I came home, this symbol perfectly represented what I experienced. And in my book, I go into great detail about it. And in my podcast, it goes into even further detail. But this symbol for me is a technology in the sense that if you look at the symbol, it looks like a cross. And you see a horizontal line. You see a vertical line. So, if you notice, and when you look at the now symbol, in the very center, there's like a flash of light. There's a flash of light, and when you let, allow your eyes to relax, you can almost see four beings all around the points of this crossification. So, when you have a vertical line and a horizontal line, that horizontal line represents past and future time. There's the past. There's the future. It's this linear timeline of chronological time. Then you have the vertical line. Well, the vertical line is straight up to God, infinite time, divine time, where those two intersect, that crossification is the now. The now is symbol, is a representation and a reminder how to get out of time by allowing yourself to be in the vertical when your thoughts and your awareness and the physical part of you is caught in past and future. When you can bring your awareness to the present moment through breath, through imagination, through physical, you know, physically getting your awareness in your mind to stop thinking about this past and future. You get in the vertical, that crossification is the now. And so there's also a nowist prayer, a nowist meditation that goes with that. Four prayers, which once again you can learn so much more about it at BillyMandarino.com. If you pick up my book, The Nowest, uh, on my website or any of the places you buy books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, I teach deeply about the Nowest symbol and the Nowest meditation and the Maoist teachings are really hinged and that is the spark for the entire transformational teaching that is living as a Nowest.
0: Yeah. See, the word that would, um, instead of inner peace, it would be kind of inspired by that probably uh, infinite. I do have um, something in my this room that I record the podcast. I have um, a symbol, too, that I don't even know the name. I actually have the name somewhere. But I was attracted to that symbol that looks very much like this one, the one that you have on the cover of your book.
2: I see this symbol and versions of this symbol everywhere. I mean, it's, I think it started as perhaps a cross. uh, Maybe it could have been a Catholic cross or an ancient cross. These symbols um, are everywhere. But the, the reality is, you've got these four directions like a compass, right? North, south, east, west. You've also got the, you know, the four points of a cross. But that crossification, that center, that is where the power is. That's where your awareness gets out of time and you get in that vertical. And when you can, there's an explosion of light in the center of the now a symbol. That is when you learn that there is your transformation. That's where you want to learn to spend your time. When you get out of time, living in that divine, infinite, eternal time, that's when you don't have stress and overwhelm and anxiety and outcome focus. And to me, that's the sweet spot of the generous present moment.
0: It keeps coming back to me in the word freedom, so that's what it is. It's really you are speaking of freedom itself, returning to it, becoming freedom again, which we have forgotten. Not that we are not freedom, but we have forgotten that we are
2: freedom. We are. We are the one.
0: So we are most at the end for today's conversation, Bailey, but I would love for you to read a passage in your book. There are so many here that I made a note, but I would love you to choose one of one passage in and read for the audience. Okay,
2: yes. then let's let's allow. Well, if you well pick a category, Valerie, What do you what would you like to learn about? We have eighteen chapters in the book, oh of course, God, because yeah. eighteen is a divine number. One, one, and then eight is the sign of infinity. So one infinite source. That's that's the reason we have eighteen chapters in the book.
0: Right. So everything has a, a meaning to it. Yeah, I like when my guests they just open the book. But it just flips, and then, then whatever it's supposed to be, red
2: or yeah, yeah. stick <laughs> thinking. So we talked about synchronicity a little earlier, and Carl Jung. This is what he talks about: with synchronicity, is an ever-present reality for those who have eyes to see. That's a quote from Carl Jung, and it opens the synchronistic thinking chapter. So I'm going to read you a quick paragraph. Light yes. is the purpose of synchronistic thinking. The greatest dharma or purpose one could possibly have is to be connected at all times to the oneness of all that has ever been. When you are in total and pure alignment with the truth of your being, who you really are shines through. The brilliant German theologist, uh, philosopher, and mystic Meister Eckhart framed time as such. Time is what keeps the light from reaching us. There is no greater obstacle to God than time.
0: Wow, you went back to that message, right?
2: <laughs> oh my God. That's the message I believe. Because we talked before we came on air, Valeria, that, you know, someone's going to listen to this podcast 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. And the conversation we just had, because we didn't contrive it or pre can it, it's whatever came through in this moment is, I believe, for the listener, what they needed to hear because there is no time. There is this illusion of time. But whenever someone's listening to this, that's exactly what they need to hear. And it doesn't happen in time. It happens to them in the divine time.
0: That is such a much needed message, if I I have to say, for so many of us who are suffering, you probably heard about pain and suffering, that suffering is uh, optional. But pain just happens natural. So there's a lot of suffering in this reality for this reason alone that we are confined in time and we have this, there's a lot of haves, there's too much of constraining. And then we become very small. And um, and that's why you you mentioned early too about suicide and all that. It's it's just very sad. I know it's great to think about this as a dream, that this is just a dream, we're imagining everything. But, you know, even if we were, if this is a dream, why not kind of help others in the dream? to realize themselves, to understand. So that's the work that you're doing and I have deep appreciation for it. Thank you so much again,
2: Billy. It's my pleasure, Valerie. Thank you for having me a guest on your beautiful show. I really appreciate the light that you shine through this podcast, through your show, and through your books. Congratulations on all those beautiful books that you brought in the world.
0: Oh, thank you. I love this. It's my sacred space, as I always say. So before we say goodbye for today, I want to thank you again for your beautiful presence and work and everything else in between that could be felt. And also before we say goodbye for today, where's the best place to find more information about you and your work,
2: Billy? Well, if they go to the hub, the mothership is billymandarino.com. It links out to all the different social media sites we're on. We of course have a YouTube channel. There's lots of free teaching out there. We have over 500 videos on our YouTube channel, tons of free teaching. Um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, all of them. But um, there's also a newsletter. You can sign up at BillyMandarino.com. There's also a free challenge, a visualization challenge that we have to create a magnetic vision for your life. That's free. You can just sign up for that at BillyMandarino.com.
0: Yes, and I'll have the link on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again for your presence and we'll talk soon.
2: Bye for now. Thank you, sister. Namaste.
0: Namaste.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Billy Mandarino and his work, please visit billymandarino.com.
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.